Hi. Hello, Corey. Hello, Catherine. You happy? You, oh, oh my, happy. What? What's so happy? Me for what you're about to say. <laughs> you just got done with an, a virtual improv class, didn't you? I did. Something I've been getting into, or something I got into per recommendation of a friend. Uh, so I completed a one on one one course, and now I just started a two on one course for formal improv classes. They typically have levels, or you start you have to start with the basics, and then they they grow as you they grow as you go. Um, so this is two hundred one, and it just started a couple hours ago. It was our first class today. Nice. Yeah. And how was uh, syllabus day? Syllabus. Day. <laughs> we all stated our names. We all got our desk assignments. Uh, your desk at home on Zoom because pandemics. And uh, <laughs> it was good. I had kind of forgotten what syllabus day was for the first class. The first class was six weeks, and we also had Labor Day as a gap week. So it, was, it ended up being seven weeks of sort of you're in it. We were three weeks off, and now we're back in it. So um, to, to be back on syllabus day of just introducing yourself, and then one thing that this instructor likes to do is to do a pet peeve and a passion. So you get to pick one, and then you have a minute. He wants you to fill a full minute to sort of get that mental clock going. Uh, most improv scenes are anywhere from like two to three minutes if they're really short ones. So he wanted us. He wants us. To, he wanted us to start right away with trying to fill a minute of content. And he was telling people like, "You have thirty seconds. You have ten seconds." Like he was really sticking to this. Wow. So yeah. So everyone um, gave some really interesting examples of pet peeves or passions, <laughs> which is always a funny way to like meet people of really, really digging in. Um, it's the things that they like or strongly dislike. <laughs> yes. So it was good. And then we, um, well, you've done improv. Yeah. You have not for a while though, right? Like it's been, yeah. it's been a it's minute. Been a hot second. That's, <laughs> I mean, hot few years. <laughs> Let us give the audience completely irrelevant structures of time to try to figure <laughs> out how long it's been since you've done improv. A lukewarm second that's been grilled over some charcoal. That, that, <laughs> there, I think that's pretty descriptive. There will be a quiz. <laughs> Which one of these represents five years? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's probably been that long. No, yeah. I don't know. It's close to that. No it's one It's been enough time. We'll just, yeah. we'll just leave it ambiguous because time is wibbly wobbly. To begin with. And for me, um, I hadn't done it since college as well, which is enough time, but I'd never taken formal classes. I just jumped right in. I got really lucky in my, in my audition for the university team that we had, and I just played around and had a ton of fun. So the syllabus class, the syllabus day and the, the beginning classes for me are always such a great refresher of like the basics. Mm -hmm. um, as someone who played around with them but never formally learned them, it seems to be the thing that I struggle with the most of trying to really hone in on that foundation and not let my own instincts take over. So not asking questions is a big one. Yes, and is a he I mean, it's the, the, it is the foundation of improv. And I am not great at that in real life. So it's a really good exercise for me to just yes and off of other people's ideas because she's stubborn. She likes... What? Oh heck! I love, I love humans, but I also love to be right. 
And sometimes those don't play nice together. Well, it, it just goes like this. Yes, and you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You've been yes-anding your whole life. You've been yes-anding me my whole life. Let's <laughs> make one thing clear from that example. Yes, and you're wrong. <laughs> oh, spoken like the one human on the planet with the jurisdiction to say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I was just giving a fun example. It was beautiful. I really, I know someday that this will come back and I'm ready for it. I'm like, yes, and you're wrong. <laughs> your husband's done this to me. It's one of my favorite stories. Um, as someone, as your husband's known me for like a fraction of the time that you have, but I, I was staying with you guys once and he, um, he was making breakfast and really quickly I brought, I'm like waiting to see what your facial reactions are as I'm telling you the story of like, at what point you realize what story I'm telling. And I think it's right now yep. where he was in the kitchen and it was like, the time matters. It was nine fifty seven, And I was asking him, I said, Hey, has sweet, sweet husband of best friend. What like we let's put on some tunes like we're all awake now and we're just going to kind of hang out and we can like, do you want to listen to some music while you cook? And I was ready to DJ and he sets down what he's doing very gently and he just peeks around the corner and he goes, Catherine, we don't start listening to music until 10 a.m. in this household. You had three minutes and you blew it. (laughs) (laughs) And he was completely serious it took me a it took me a hot second to realize that he was kidding. <laughs> but in such a profound way, he was like, "Yes, and you're wrong. <laughs> you blew it." Oh. It was beautiful. He stuck it. He stuck to it for, till 10 a.m. Though he was like, "Excuse you. We have one minute left. You're so close. Stay strong." <laughs> he he just dives in like head first, oh like. He'll dive in and stay in the water. Like mm-hmm. I'm making this choice, and it, we're sticking to it. It's like okay, that that's your life. And you're still pulling out the snacks and the seats and everything from the car. And he's already beelined it to the water. Stick with the metaphor. Oh, he's I, already I, beelined I, it to the water, and he is in the water. Like he made all he made six choices without you even knowing he made them. And yes, he is staying in that water. That is so true, though. (laughs) uh, We were just talking yesterday about how I plan, like, basically everything. Like, I'm operating a nuclear reactor. And he'll just plan everything like he's breathing air, which requires no plan. (laughs) Which is fine. It makes us great. It Okay, do you feel... It does make you great. And I and I had a follow-up question forming as you said that of do you feel like he'll do something just to thwart your plans? No. I don't think so. Like cuz he he definitely uh lives his life to his own drum. Well, from my perspective, I'm not an expert on my husband. Only my husband is an expert on my husband. Love that. <laughs> but from my perspective, right? Like he's just gonna he's gonna live life how he wants. He's just a bundle of energy. So yeah. If it like he crosses a, Oh sorry. He is a bundle of energy. Oh, that yeah. is step one to know about your husband. <laughs> yeah. Like just like buckle up. Really. <laughs> it's like you don't know what's gonna hit you. <laughs> First time I ever met him, it was 
it wasn't a great it wasn't a great moment for either of us because he went you're shorter than i thought you'd be <laughs> that's how that's that's verbatim how i met that man <laughs> <laughs> oh man but that's him he is living his life the way he darn well pleases and it's what makes him beautiful and that's yeah. what makes improv beautiful it's just those impulse mm-hmm. decisions right of of without sarcasm without ulterior motives and that's what makes it so fun too and why i've super enjoyed having these improv classes throughout this pandemic because deep moment for a second we live in a world where so much information that's put at us we're second guessing it we're like is this true what am i looking at how much research do i need to do has someone else looked into this there's all these questions and unanswered aspects to what we're living through and in improv the key is to eliminate that. Mm-hmm. Don't make me ask you questions. Don't even ask your scene partner questions. Give them facts. Give them gifts. Things that will like help drive the scene. And that's where the humor comes in of just like agreeing and going along with whatever the heck is happening. Yeah, because like you, you start with trust. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, we don't have that trust about the information that's coming to us right now. So right away, we're so much further ahead in an improv scene than in life. <laughs> and <laughs> Only that was our basis, right? Yeah. Ugh. And, and that's how, how we can give each other gifts and just continue a scene and continue like this journey of art. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's what's been the appeal for me and why I decided to join a 201 very soon after completing a 101 is I wanted the knowledge to be fresh. And also with all of that being said about the the difference in how an improv class tackles trust and really builds it so quickly, mm-hmm. it is so different than what real life is like that it's almost refreshing. And yeah. it's very much like a two hour reprieve from social media, from all these other things. Like it's a two hour mental break to just like put, put ourselves in, in a virtual <laughs> Zoom room. Woohoo! <laughs> With 10 people today that I've never met before. Um, two of them, actually, I will say, two of them came over from the 101 class with me. So the three of nice. us became became connected. We really liked the way each other um, played around with improv and the sorts of things that we brought to the scene. So that was super fun to then see them again. But now adding in a bunch of new people and everyone today did such a great job. So um, with that trust and how quickly we build it, built it, I'm excited. Yeah, that sounds so exciting. Yeah. Is it something you'd ever do? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Getting back and doing improv again. Ben and I talked about that quite a bit. And with the pandemic, it, I guess we can do virtual. But we'll see. We'll see what's in store for us. But we, we really miss that, like that community that and for me i miss jumping into a scene and building something and creating like i don't think you can create something that fast like anywhere else and it's always Mm -hmm. just like fun to learn build grow and i don't know if there's well there may be i don't know too many spaces but i don't know of many other spaces where basically you jump in and you you grow at like an exponential pace and you, when you started improv, so you started at college as well. You hadn't done it before then? Oh, no, I haven't. I, yeah, my <laughs> introduction to improv was because of Ben. 
That's right. Oh, yes, because there was... Oh, okay. I, I forgot this story. But to recap, and the way I've heard it, is that you joined improv because a, a, a friend of our, a mutual friend of yours who also is at the university with you said, hey, there's this improv group and there's a really cute boy in it. And I think you should go to auditions. And that seems like a really simplified version of the true story. But is that how it went? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not auditions. It, it was a workshop to begin with. But because okay. there was like this free workshop where anyone could come. And he's like, hey, come to this workshop. I'm like, no, not at all. <laughs> and... Like another tactic to use, he's like, okay, there's this cute guy now who's at this workshop. Maybe you should come. I'm like, fine, whatever. And then I went and then time passed and I didn't see him again. And then my friend was like, hey, this cute guy might be at the auditions. You should just like go and see if he's there. I'm like, okay. So I went to the auditions, auditioned. He wasn't there, but I got on the team. (laughs) So, and then ever since then, like, my life has been changed. I married my husband. He eventually got on to the team. The ordering of that is not correct, but made some really great friends and found a love of improv. That's awesome. I, I like I said, I think I obviously had a really simplified version of that. So can I ask you like follow up questions? Cause now yeah. I'm just curious cause I love your love. <laughs> so when you went to the workshop, you saw, you saw Ben. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Ben was there, and were you like, I'm intrigued. Like, did, did it actually pique your interest? Was it someone, like, of the mutual friend pointed him out saying, hey, there's the cute guy, and you were kind of, like, you know, curious at that time? Well, with the availability of social media, there was a lot of research I could do beforehand about research. who... <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of a nuclear reactor. <laughs> gotta know what we're working with. Uh, exactly (laughs) see now you know my personality oh gosh there's a lot of research i could do to find out who this person was and he had a public tumblr page so i could find out information then and it was around the time when the hunger games came out so i'm like okay he likes the hunger games i can go with this Ooh, that's a big hit he would he had hunger games stuff on his we're also dating ourselves by talking about Tumblr as like a prominent platform. Is okay. it still a thing? I mean, it, it exists. It is, doesn't make money at all. It switched companies' hands like a lot lately. <laughs> oh, does Facebook own Tumblr now too? No, I think Verizon does. Wow. We're getting off topic. So <laughs> he had stuff on his Tumblr page about the Hunger Games and you were like, ha. Yeah, I have an in. I can talk to him. Okay. So... At the workshop, he came late. I was very nervous, but he got there late. He had classes, to be fair. He got had classes all the way on the other end of campus because he um, did ecology and evolutionary biology. There we go. Um, so the science part was on the other part of the campus than art. But super important <laughs> fact, smell the smells. Um, <laughs> ring, ring. So... He got there. He does not remember any of this, by the way. But I like made a joke to him about the Hunger Games and he laughed. And I'm like, oh, I have an in. But he's like talking to him about now. He's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember you. I'm like, great. Oh, fantastic. No. <laughs> but yeah. And then I saw him do some scenes and I'm not sure. I think we might have done a scene together. It was just like fun. And, you know, it was exciting and it was cute. And it's like, well, you know. I would like to get to know him more. 
I messaged him on Facebook. I I cannot flirt. My flirting was basically just like, hey, great job at improv. I'm like, oh, he'll he'll know what I'm saying. Great job at improv. <laughs> Ooh, how saucy is that? So. And together, you know, we eventually got on the team together and we made really good friends. We recently, back at the beginning of this year, before the pandemic, like hit the United mm-hmm. States, we went to Hawaii together and just had like a magical time. Yeah. So, with, and that was improv friends. Yeah. And yes. basically like it, this, this group of people is just so magical. Oh, they are. I'm not their direct friends, but being able to quasi meet them. Holy heck, what a gift to the world they all are. I think they would consider you a friend for sure. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) But they are. They're so fun. They each bring and they each bring a uniqueness. That's like that was one of the first things I ever recognized in each of them. Like they're all such strong personalities, but in such different ways. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they and together. Oh, every like place we went to it. It, it was just like an infectious energy. Like people would like light up, talk to us. Like <laughs> it was just an interesting atmosphere. I mean, mm-hmm. the first we went to this like a uh, luau type of uh, thing and we were like the loudest table <laughs> at the luau. It was just, we were just having so much fun. Mm. It was just incredible. That's awesome. And it's so great to have friends like that, that share. I mean, obviously we have friends because we share a common interest, but have it being improv. I think that goes back to the trust that you talked about where yeah. on these improv teams and at, um, specifically with all of these close friends that you now have, you know, you were, you were on the improv team together. You built that trust really quickly on. And then of course had that space to just grow. So being able to see each other's like really creative sides and sort of like be authentically whoever you wanted to be. Yeah. And that's what improv gives you as well, is sort of seeing this really authentic side to people. Like you can't you can't BS your way through improv, right? If you're trying to be funny, if you're trying to be someone you're not, you won't it won't succeed because ever you can smell that a mile away in an improv scene of like you're not here, you're not just like open to whatever happens. And that's that's the most fun part about meeting these friends is sort of they carry that through their real life as well. Oh yeah. Specifically your husband, which is where this conversation started of like, you just, you got to be ready for whatever he throws at you. And yes, yes, Ben, you were doing this thing and I'm ready to do it with you. Yeah. Yes, Ben, you're in the ocean. And here I come from the vehicle a mile away, ready to catch up to all these choices that you've already made. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. You have such a, for lack of a better term, you have an intimate relationship with improv. It's such an ingrained (laughs) part of who you are now because of that story, because of where you met Ben and everything like that. And like, I'm I'm thinking about it now. Like we're, we're talking about improv in such like of a, like positive, interesting, creative light where some people may have the perspective of improv as like, kind of like gross, like a very low level humor that um isn't as like um fun i suppose or isn't as like magical as we're making it like for one example um right sometimes when i think of improv i think of the office with michael scott 
just whispering that he has a gun in his pocket to everyone he does a scene with. Oh my gosh. But it's so much more than like those moments. Like, yes, there are a lot of weaker improv scenes than some, but there's also, you get to see like the connections between people and really like not to get too like meta, but that's what life's about. You know, all the connections, all of these characters you can come with, come up with and scenes that are basically inspired from people you meet on the streets and just recreating and reliving like those moments that you experience through life. It should be. And I think that that's a big miss that we're experiencing right now. And why improv is such a break from that is because these connections we're missing that there's this like key ingredient that that's dwindling and it Mm -hmm. sucks because you really improv feels so unique in, in that it's such a, it's a space where those connections really exist and we're like aha they can exist it can happen all hope is not lost i'm I'm with you on that meta journey um (laughs) i'm still giggling at that episode from the office or any episode where like steve carell just gives us a master class in improv because (laughs) there are so there there were many there are so many times throughout that series where you're watching him be really bad at improv knowing how good he is at improv yeah. <laughs> it just messes with you and you're I'm like I get really uncomfortable and annoyed I'm like just stop it I know I know you're good just be normal and that to me oh it's it's cringeworthy the office took a minute it's a it's it took a minute for me to like it getting over that like Steve Carell's so good at what he does that he can make you have these overly cringy moments by being a character. Like. Yeah, that, I didn't think about it that way. That's so funny. <laughs> He's too good. <laughs> and the fact that his wife in real life plays Carol in the show, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I love that too. I didn't know that either. Yeah. In, in When they like have the Halloween party at the gymnasium and she, she's the cheerleader. That's his wife in real life, Carol. Okay. The, or, um, she's sorry. She's like the, the realtor. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's been so we're t- long. We're testing your memory. Never. Yeah. Good <laughs> well, we'll pivot. We'll pivot. <laughs> we'll put you Thank on the you. spot. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I have the memory of an improv scene. That's all I can do. <laughs> I can remember. Three minutes. Things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Improv was not always this like lovely deep thought beautiful thing for me though either i think right now as i'm getting back into it being out of college being this pandemic in a really unique year has given me a lot better of a perspective on it because it is such an outlet that i just enjoy it and it's just two hours every week um that i get to play around and have fun i don't have to be at work i don't have to be thinking or planning something ahead of time because there's a reason you and I are best friends. And one of them is that we both love to plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so for me to just let that go, that's what makes it really fun nowadays. Back when I was doing it in college, I was so in my head. I would get really bogged down on sort of the idea of how a scene should go rather than being open to like whatever happens. And because I hadn't had that foundational training, I felt like um, I just jumped in and tried to play it with my own rules of like, oh, I think this is how improv should go. Or I know I'm really good at these things. So I'm always going to try and use them 
even if the scene's going in a different direction. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna direct it back so I get back to these things. And that doesn't work. You really, because it only makes the scene partner or, or whoever you're with kind of uncomfortable because mm-hmm. they don't really know what to do if you're just like, nope, I don't want to do this. I want to do this other thing. Um, yeah. And it's why yes and is so important to, to, to have the other person feel supported. And I didn't get that when I first started. Um, so I ended up at like, there's a theater in Minneapolis, huge. And we were able to play at that theater once. Like they had this open sort of improv day where improv groups could come in, they'd have time on stage, and then people would give them sort of a talk back afterward. People who have been in the improv industry, they're trainers or something like that. And I remember during during that whole 20 minutes, I never got on stage. I, I just stood in the back and I watched it happen and I couldn't find my place to go in. I couldn't find like a way to, you know, make an entrance or anything like that. It was a long form, so the scene just kind of kept rolling. So in the 20 minutes, I couldn't find a place to jump in. And they noticed that. So after, in the talkback portion, he was like, hey, I noticed like you, you never jumped in. And there were, there were a lot of moments where you could have. There are, there's always a character you can kind of bring in, do your bit, and then leave. And in my one-on-one class, it has a formal name, but I can't remember it right now. We'll call it the peeping pigeon. Huh, okay. You peep in, you do your pigeon thing, and you leave. Uh-huh. It's, it's a wonderful time for everyone involved. And I couldn't do it. I was too nervous. But now, being in this improv, improv class that's virtual as well, and being more seasoned in my years, <laughs> I always feel this urge. I'm always looking for the next thing. I'm always like, I'm excited for what these people are bringing to the scene, especially the two people that jumped into this 201 class with me. They're, oh my word, they're so good and they're so funny um, because that's what they do. They really just bring originality and you never know what's going to happen and it's very exciting. It's not, it's not sort of this like, oh, we're at the grocery store and we're, you know, we're at a single plateaued thing that's always monotonous because it's the grocery store. They just, they make it something way bigger. And I, I like that. And I used to not like that. So that's really fun for me. Yeah. That, that's so interesting because you can also bring that into life. I love (laughs) how big picture you are with this right now. that's just how I feel about improv It's like if improv was life because it is life it would be magical if life wasn't pandemic right now that Mm -hmm. got way out of hand let go of the reins the horses just (laughs) ran for the water jumped in and now I have to catch them is he swimming with Ben in the water yes absolutely they're They're having a fun time yep okay and we're still over here not sure what decisions are being made and I'm trying to plan it Exactly. I'm stressing yeah. the Chex Mix in yes. the car. Because Chex yeah. Mix is pretty good. Chex Mix is good. Alex just had puppy chow the other day, and I was like, ugh. Ooh. I only yeah. like homemade puppy chow, though. Same. Oh, it has to oh. be homemade. Okay, great. Yes. The store-bought stuff is just powdered sugar nonsense. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. We are vibing. Ugh. We could have a whole episode on specific food choices. Because puppy chow needs to be needs to be understood that it is only a homemade delicacy. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, I just my brain just went into a whole new level because we were okay. Side note, real quick about puppy chow. Ben's yeah, like, "What's next? Do you want to bring on our trip on a road trip that we went on recently?" It's like, "Oh, do you want puppy chow?" I'm like, "No, you can't eat puppy chow from a bag that's not homemade." Why no. would you recommend that? 
You can eat it from an ice cream pail after my grandmother has homemade the entire batch for you. Yep. That is the only acceptable way to eat puppet chow. It's always in an ice cream pail for her. And it's hilarious. That's like her mode of transport for it. That's funny. Yeah. Um... Going back to where we tangent, we where we side tangent, did did ourselves <laughs> to puppy chow was the fact that improv is life and it should be life. Yeah, it, which I want to challenge you in the sense that you love uh-oh. to plan so much that this contradicts your your being. Oh, absolutely! What's life without contradictions? What's the sun <laughs> without the moon? Water without you are desert. So <laughs> meta today. <laughs> Maybe, let's go back to the puppy chow. Wait, let's go back to the I pivoted incorrectly. I should have just stuck. <laughs> there are no going. incorrect choices. They're just strong choices and weak choices. Wow. Oh, you're a whole mood. <laughs> I am. I'm in it. But no, you're right. I do like to plan things. And if we just think about well from a lot of the self-help books i've read which is probably like two and a lot of the articles and blogs stuff right something that i've trying to realize trying to understand trying to get on board with is life right is all about connections that's what that's what psychology is telling us wow i just like broke my voice by saying psychology that's what psychology... It's, a, it's so big, it breaks you. <laughs> breaks me down. Ugh. That's what psychology is telling us, right? That it's all about connections. So yes, I want to plan the future and I want to do this, but could that just be a crutch of, you know, trying to make everything good? So yeah, it gets really... It does get really meta for me. Just because yeah. improv... Well... And it, it, improv just means a lot to me, right? Because I made so many good friends and I met my husband through improv, you know? Mm-hmm. So, of course, that's going to have a special place. And, of course, I'm, well, I should say, of course, like, me as a human, Corey, is going to spin this out of proportion just because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. As it should be. It shouldn't be something that's just like, oh, I love improv. Yes, it is a cool thing. Like, it takes, it just, it takes up more space than that. And that's yeah. absolutely fine. Yeah. Let it, that is a great way to look at it of, I can't just say, I like this thing, you know, improv to me. Yes, it contradicts who I am as a person, but it's why I am the way I am. It's why you, like, you've changed so much over time since meeting Ben. It has everything to do with improv, not only meeting him, but the the way that you react to him and the way that it, he compliments your personality so well by being able to play off of whatever the heck he throws at you. You know, we've talked about his family too, how they have amazing senses of humor and being able to like react to that and yes, and off of their jokes. Like you were saying, you know, I you toss you toss it right back now, mm-hmm. um, which is so fun. And also another thing with improv. So it really has just like woven itself into a lot of aspects of your life. And for me, the biggest thing with improv and the way that it finds its way into mine is, um, I've is just in the way that I'm not ever I'm I'm not afraid to be weird, I'm not afraid to just sort of let loose mm-hmm. to say like the most random thing ever. It'll have no context to what's going on, 
the, the mood or the energy that I bring to it is like 10 times higher than the situation is asking for. Like if I want to make a sandwich, then I'm probably going to sing it to you like an operatic tenor. I'm going to tell you all the things that I'm putting on the sandwich and I'm going to turn it into a dance number. And by the time we're done, you better be clapping. Like it's, it's abrasive. <laughs> and I've gotten comments before from people I've just met or like when I was working as a camp counselor, right? Fellow counselors would be like, I think your campers like you because you're just not afraid to be weird. And sometimes kids just need weird. Mm-hmm. And I'm not good at that. And so that's the way that it worked itself into that part of my life of being a camp counselor, of just being wacky and like getting kids excited to be alive and to be at camp. And nowadays it totally helps me just get through the day of like, I just need to be a little weird. And my manager and my coworkers and everyone else who kind of, who also has to react to this weirdness. Like it makes, it makes us have a better connection because it breaks the ice and it just sort of like reminds us that we're all really imperfect. And sometimes we just need to be a little weird uh, because life's a little weird right now. That's my meta input of how improv <laughs> is part of my life. Look at that. No, that, that. that's so true. <laughs> we all need a little weirdness in the day. <laughs> Something just to hit us off the rocker. The rocking horse. <laughs> the lazy Wait, boy. Wait, is this the horse in the water? I should probably oh. stop running with this metaphor. Because <laughs> you need to start swimming. Because we're in the water. The people metaphor. Are gonna be, people are going to be groaning, audibly going, ugh, <laughs> while listening to this. <laughs> uh, Is that bad? <laughs> are, we, are we mad about that? <laughs> Our podcast invokes a reaction. Yeah, you got you to gotta be willing to get a little weird. Yeah. And the jokes will repeat themselves six times. We know three was enough. We're still coming back for more. Bet we are. Get ready. Buckle up. But ring, ring. Oh my gosh. I thought that was going to stay to the stick into the last episode and we can move on from that. But I guess we're still we still have these phones that we stare at that need our attention. So the ring ring I'm just flying off the handle right now. Oh, literal phone jokes. Yeah. These are the jokes. Yeah, these these okay. are the jokes. See? That sometimes you do it too, right? You had already committed where you were like, ring ring, that's a phone. I'm making a phone joke. <laughs> I was I was on the other side of the room. Not a, not a clue <laughs> that we were pivoting to talking about <laughs> phone jokes. Oh. I don't even remember why that ring ring. I, I knew it was about callbacks, but I don't remember the one that it started on. Yeah. Yeah. We shouldn't try to remember this either. Nope. No, it's that's not, not going to work. For either of us. <laughs> I think that that commitment to, <laughs> to a joke, A, something you do all the time. And B, <laughs> it totally plays into our friendship of being best friends because of this. Oh, man, I'm too meta for my own good right now. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Restart. Fresh. Fresh start. <laughs> Wipe the slate clean. I trust you so implicitly that our friendship feels like improv because no matter what the heck we throw at each other, 
there's always something new and we play off of each other's energy and there's like a switch that flips on when we're physically in the same place together (laughs) and it can't be stopped (laughs) it is and it's palpable and and it's fun and and in our video calls too like usually the first hour I will notice a monumental shift in who I am by the end of the call versus who I was at the beginning of the call because I am spent. I'm exhausted. Because <laughs> <laughs> my whole body has this like, best friend, we have to do all the things. He's the funniest person in the world. I'm the funniest person in the world. How long can we keep this up? Every time. That's I'm, so I'm usually true. laying prone by the end of our conversation. <laughs> takes it out of me. I usually take like a... a, a power nap of 15 minutes right mm. after mm. so i can l- recharge the battery mm. that's what you're doing when you're saying i have to walk caspian what you're really <laughs> doing is self-care <laughs> completely <laughs> lying to you <laughs> as best friends i'm gonna just completely lie to you say hey i don't actually have a dog this is an <laughs> actor dog that whenever you're over here we rent this dog to be here <laughs> stand-in for the dog we named Caspian, right? That's that's what we (laughs) agreed on. As you read off a cue card in your hand. (laughs) Caspian, (laughs) he ate his food today. He is sleeping right now. (laughs) Good dog. Like, pretend to pet the air in a really overly kind way. After I just said I trust you, we are now two minutes in going, I'm completely lying to you about everything and my life is a sham. <laughs> That's not trust. I don't know what is. I'm like, good. I'm happy for you. And I'm happy for you. As long as we can live these lives and lies that we've been living then we're good fake dog dad looks good on you (laughs) you wear it well very authentic oh so i can take this flesh mask off now (laughs) (laughs) oh man well i mean (laughs) this whole podcast is improv that was improv We, we did it we did it we showed the good people what a, what are we at now? Oh, I lost it. What a good, a good improv session feels like long form. Oh. One might say, yes. Yeah. And, I, I think let's let's put this podcast in a gift bag, that is eco friendly. Mm. And you get me. Send it away. Let's. You know what. Let's send it right into the ocean with Ben and the horses and anyone else who happened to have jumped into the depths of our beautiful watery paradise that we've created for everyone. That was beautiful. Said it and I meant it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Uh, until next time. mm -hmm. What will we think of next? Oh, I have no idea. Next improv skit. No, genuinely no idea either. (laughs) But we'll see you then. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye.